0: You are listening to Where is the Line? The stories you will hear will be depraved, disturbing, and true. If you are easily unsettled, you may find this program offensive. And if you are under the age of 18, fuck off. A clue about how germs communicate or carry disease. Not even Benjamin Rush who was the smartest man in America.
1: Everybody drinking blood everybody eating brains some monster party everybody eating
0: flesh, everybody breaking bones some monster party Thank you for listening to episode 29 of Where's the Line. <laughs> I'm here with my scared shitless friend, Ashley, who yeah. is uh, drinking her Mountain Dew right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just scared the holy fuck out of me. <laughs> my heart's sorry. So I didn't mean to. Yeah. I just
0: walked out of the bathroom is all I did.
2: You move silently.
0: <laughs> silently. You're not the first person to tell me that. I was just telling you that I've got a coworker who... <laughs> accuses me of sneaking up on her all the time and I'm not doing it on purpose.
2: Yeah, you're super quiet. I don't I don't know how you move so quietly, especially to be so tall and <laughs> lanky. You're tall and lanky and very quiet.
0: Maybe it's because I take longer strides, so I don't I don't take as many steps, so there's not as many opportunities for you to hear my feet.
2: Uh, that could be it. I'm anyway. sh- short and fat and <laughs> I make a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, this is Ashley. Say something disturbing, Ashley.
2: Oh, rotting bodies?
0: Rotting bodies. Yes. Hmm. All right. Well, when you hear the phrase <laughs> "rotting bodies," it's the honk grossest your
2: thing I can come up with. No. Okay. No,
0: rotting bodies is that's plenty fine. gross. Enough. We're gonna
2: honk our horns at that. I mean, yeah. it's pretty disgusting to me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that phrase might come up several times. I'm sure. Have you been?
2: pretty good, actually. I'm very proud of myself because I plugged my own tire this past week.
0: You're a straight up mechanic. Yeah,
2: dude. I'm feeling extra dikey today. <laughs> <laughs> extra butch. But yeah, that's it. That's what's new with me. What's new with you, Kevin?
0: Fucked up my hair. You haven't said anything about her. you just being nice.
2: I don't think it's that bad, but I still think you should have let me help you. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what happened was I, I gave myself my second COVID-19 haircut from See, home.
2: I knew you had cut your hair previously. I was like, there's no way his hair looked like what it previously looked like without you. You had to have had a haircut. So you've had one, you had given yourself a haircut before and it was fine. Yeah, I did a great
0: job the first time. I don't know what the fuck happened this time. I thought I was doing it the same way. And I wanted that nice little fade up on the side, you know, with longer hair on the top, the classic thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What happened is I fucked up something on the left side and I kept having to make it shorter and shorter and shorter. And then I ended up just having to fucking shave it all the way up to the part. And now I look like Gary Oldman in The Fifth Element. I think
2: you're being a little too hard on yourself. It's no. not It's not that bad, but I'm somebody that regularly
0: buzzes my hair. It I'm- looks purposeful. But it looks like, you know, in part of it, what makes it so bad is it looks like i meant to do this, you know? <laughs> like, and it's, it's not, you know, if I had fucked it up just a little worse, I would have shaved my head. But now it's fucked up in such a way that it's just right on that line of, I have fucked it, this up so bad that I just have to shave all my hair off. It's just on this side of that line.
2: I just think you're solidifying your um, bisexuality with this haircut. Oh, God damn
0: it. That is not... You can cut this out of the show. I don't want a funky (laughs) bisexual haircut. I want a classic... It's not not bad. It's
2: fine. I know it's
0: not bad. It just makes me look like I'm trying to do a thing. And I'm not trying to do a thing. I just fucked up my hair.
2: Are you trying to like... Be hip and with it, Kevin. See, that's exactly that's exactly
0: what I look like.
2: I think the buy the buy thing's way better. <laughs> it's it's really not bad.
0: We like to mention our new patrons at the top of the show. For this episode, our new patrons are Fraser Boynton, <laughs> Jessica Boggs, Erica Bone, Janine Shelton, Katie Manzione. Who came in at the $10 level, we're still waiting on that porno from Katie that we can critique (laughs) and hopefully not vomit. Yeah. And a very special patron, Susan Ferris. Aww. That's my mother. Hi, Mama. (laughs) I don't know how she found out about Patreon or why she feels like she needs to pay me $7 a month, (laughs) but thank you, Mom, and thank you all of the rest of the patrons.
2: That's so sweet.
0: And so now we are up to our highest number ever of patrons. Oh, oh, snap. 44. If you'd like to be number 45, check us out on patreon.com slash whereistheline. Also, right now, everything on our Patreon page is free, and that is going to include... The link to our upcoming hangout oh, with yes. the patrons. So, if uh, you'd like to see what me and Ashley look like <laughs> and uh, talk to us, yeah,
2: we'll probably be pretty awkward. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those those, those hangouts. <laughs> you would think that after the first couple, we would have gotten better, but no, no, they're still as awkward as they ever were. But uh, that's going to be. Saturday, June twentieth at eight PM Central. So check out Patreon.com/slash Where's the Line uh, and grab that link if you want to join us for that. It's free. You don't have to be a patron. All right. So we have covered my hair.
2: Yes. And me plugging a tire. All right. So
0: we. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We're ready to go now. We got to everything and the patrons. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So in episode one, um, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are on episode two of a, what looks like it's going to now be a three-part episode. (laughs) Um, If you missed episode one, don't even bother going back to it, because we didn't get very far. No, we didn't. (laughs) I get really excited about the story, so I think we made it up to really probably where most people would have started the story.
2: Yeah, you were so hyped up the last time we recorded. You were hyped
0: uh, do I not seem as hyped today? Oh,
2: you're still hyped, but no, remember it was like you couldn't yeah. stop talking that day. And then you couldn't stop, apparently stop talking that night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, on the on episode one of the black vomit, uh, we left off in late August. Yellow fever's taking hold in Philadelphia. About 10 or 15 people are dying every day. Um, and the mayor of Philadelphia at that time, Matthew Clarkson, the church bells are ringing every time people die. He gets sick of it. Says, let's just stop ringing those bells because we all know. Hmm. And that's where we left off. So at this point, uh, around mid August, Philadelphia is starting to enact some measures that kind of sound familiar today. They don't want people from uh, other places (laughs) coming in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they close off the ports to prevent people from. Places like Santa Domingo from from coming in, and as people are are realizing that this disease is taking hold and how how awful it is, they're you know, and at this time they're also they're believing that this is being transmitted person to person. They don't know that mosquitoes are the vessel of transmission for this yet. So, because of that, people are distancing. They're social distancing. All the way back in 1793 here in Philadelphia, people are walking on the opposite sides of the streets from each other. People don't shake hands anymore. (sighs) Over the course of August, this all progresses really quickly. And, you know, it starts out like that, people just kind of separating. But as more and more people start getting sick, people are not leaving their homes. So when people in Philadelphia at this time look out their windows, if they see anybody, the only people that they're going to see are a few doctors running around making calls to the people who can afford medical care. Right. And sick people. So you've got the doctors running around to the people with money and <laughs> the poor people running around sick looking for someone to help them. And so we, we mentioned in the first episode some pretty ineffective methods that uh, they, tried, they came up with to try to curtail this, one of which was uh, throwing... <laughs> animal carcasses in the middle of the street Mm -hmm. and attracting wild dogs and cleaning up coffee. Neither of those worked. Uh, But they keep trying things. (laughs) Uh, They don't get any less absurd. So now around mid-August, some people are tying dead frogs around their necks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everybody's smoking a cigar, Uh, even the children. So parents are giving their children cigars uh, because they believe the smoke will purify the air. And in fact, this, this idea that the smoke will purify the air is held on to so strongly that people start saying fires all over Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, so you've got people literally dying in the streets uh, in the middle of a town that appears to be on fire. You know, the more panic people get, the more fires they're lighting and this shit's getting out of hand. So they put out a statement. They say, look, these fires, this is, not, this is not what we need to do. And so at the time, they do believe that fire will cleanse the air. But we can't have all this smoke. So what they advise people to do is just start shooting guns. because they believe that the the blast from the gunpowder, well, actually, they say to burn gunpowder. And so they believe that that ignition of the gunpowder will clean any negative miasmas in the air. And uh, yeah, probably what people should have done was pour out gunpowder and light it. But what they actually ended up doing was just loading their guns (laughs) and firing them.
2: Pew pew pew. So I'm over here ad living.
0: <laughs> all over, yeah, yeah. I,
2: I appreciate it. You
0: know, we don't we don't use a lot of background effects. So yeah. And how did those how did those uh, uh, those <laughs> muzzle loaded firearms how did those sound?
2: <laughs> pew pew pew. <laughs>
0: yeah. So all over Philadelphia, in every house, you're hearing pew pew pew. <laughs> because people are just firing (laughs) these guns off all over the place and you know and then some of them start getting the bright idea okay we're going you know if this works in the house why won't it work outside so people start carrying their guns outside (laughs) and so you know you've got this period where nobody's outside Mm -hmm. except for dying people and doctors and now Nobody's outside except for dying people, doctors, and people randomly firing their guns into the air.
2: (laughs) That's ridiculous.
0: Matthew Clarkson, mayor at the time, Benjamin Rush, uh, the most preeminent doctor in the Americas, if not the world at the time, say, okay, the thing with the guns, you know, we didn't really take into consideration how many guns you people have. So we (laughs) this is a bad idea. We got a better idea. One morning, once they put a stop to that, everybody wakes up to the sound of a cannon going off.
2: <laughs> this <laughs> is where the cannons come from?
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the, the guns were a bad idea, but a better idea would just be drag a cannon through town. Yes. And fire it at every intersection. <laughs> Fucking terrified people. Yeah. I mean, these are, again, revolutionaries. Right. There might be some <laughs> some PTSD might have got set off at that time as if the yellow fever weren't bad enough.
2: Imagine being sick at the house, vomiting black, feeling god-awful, and then like, oh, the cannons. The Boom. cannon's on my block. Oh, yeah, the cannon's just... coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and, you know, in all of the stuff that they're doing, it's. Ridiculous, but at the same time, if you imagine like, just being in one of these homes, I mean, these homes are filled with sick and dying. Most of them, and they look out their windows and they see the sick and dying, and their city has fallen into this macabre situation. And if you think about it, if they had just let people have the yellow fever and not done any of this, it would have the place would have been at least a more comfortable place to die. <laughs>
2: Right. I I see where you're coming from.
0: But going back to just imagining what it was like in these houses, uh, there's an account that we still have. And I had mentioned on the last episode that the story is so interesting to look into because of the amount of primary sources there. And I think I just mentioned newspapers, which was stupid. You can read newspapers from the 1790s all over the place, but <laughs> what I was getting at but didn't actually say was that you can see letters between people who lived then, you know, um, because the founding fathers are in this city and their first government's there. Uh, there's there's one particularly unsettling story that Ashley was reading about of, uh, of uh, what happened with a pregnant woman around this time.
2: Yes, so I'm assuming her husband caught Yellow fever first, and then they had two children, and she was expecting. She was pregnant. And uh, he caught it, and then the two children caught it. I think he died first, and then the two children died. So there's a pregnant woman home alone with her entire family dead of yellow fever. She's pregnant. She's expecting. Um I mean, just
0: let that sink in for a minute. Yeah, I mean,
2: like they're in a one-room home. Like they're, she's in the room with her dead family because they're not. They're not taking they're not, the bodies away. They're not taking time. the body bodies away. So she's pregnant. She's expecting. I'm not sure how far along she was, but she did go into labor. Uh, there were no midwives to call, no doctors to call because it's really hard, I guess, to get somebody to come to you. People had abandoned. You know, the city. So she's in labor, probably stress-induced labor from the fact that her entire family just died in front of
0: her. And are still
2: And are still in, there in
0: her house with her. Rotting.
2: Right. So she's in labor. She needs help. No one's there. So she just hangs out the window of the room and just starts yelling into the street. Some stranger, some man, he comes to her assistance, has the baby. He helps her have the baby. The baby ends up dying a few minutes later. And then a few minutes after that, she died. So you've got an entire family wiped out.
0: And we've been, you know, we've been, I think we've been going over the, you know, the big picture, like the big points of what happened. But there's so many stories like that that you can access during this time. I mean, in th- that story, I mean, that's, it's affecting in that it's a pregnant woman who lost her whole family and saw it happen right. minutes before she died. I mean, the last one died, her child died just a few minutes before she did. But there's stories like that over and over and over of people who did survive this and wrote down their accounts, you know, right. and even, even with letters between people, you still have a lot of that from back then.
2: Yeah, that's where that story came from. It came from some letter.
0: So this scene that Ashley described is playing out all over Philadelphia. And we haven't really talked much yet about the yellow fever itself, how it works. So the yellow fever originated in Africa. It ended up in the Americas. Because of the slave trait.
2: Womp womp.
0: Yeah. Kind of got what was coming to you. Yeah. <laughs> More <laughs> sound effects for you. <laughs> um, and so the yellow fever, it has a about a three to six day incubation period. So you'll get it and not know it for up to close to a week. After having it for for about a week, you enter into the acute phase. Mm. Um. And this phase isn't too terribly bad. It's kind of like a, a cold, maybe. You'll have a fever, headache, probably some some general aches and pains, muscle aches, that type of thing. Some people vomit during this phase, but at this point, it's just regular vomit, not the black vomit. Loss of appetite. Uh, in people in this first stage, their eyes get kind of bloodshot. Um, and then there's this point where that goes away for a couple of days. And so you feel like you're over it Hmm. but this is when the problems really kick in so after that you know day or two respite that you get you enter the toxic phase oh no and this is when uh your liver starts to fail and you become jaundiced and that's how this gets its name the yellow fever particularly of the eyes though and that's the most striking thing about yellow fever so if you if you see pictures of people in the toxic stages of yellow fever, Uh, the sclera, the white part of your eye, is this bright yellow.
2: Terrifying. So does yellow fever just like shut your liver down? That's why you get so jaundiced?
0: It doesn't necessarily just... Shut it down. So it, it, when you get the yellow fever, there's a certain amount of internal necrosis that starts happening and you start kind of dropping off the, these red blood cells. And so the way the liver comes into that is part of the bile that the liver produces contains the substance called uh, bilirubin, okay. whose job it is to kind of get rid of these these dead blood cells. Mm. It starts producing more and more of that uh bilirubin which creates a toxicity in your body that somehow leads to that yellowing okay and that's <laughs> i don't know how it makes your eyes yellow yeah i should have just said i don't fucking know you're fine you can i don't also... even remember what the question was anymore
2: i was just saying is the liver shutting down or like what's happening to cause the the jaundice like but But you did say toxic. Yeah, the liver (laughs) liver
0: is breaking down, but it's breaking down because of what the, the bilirubin inside the liver is doing. Okay. And that, in turn, so when you start having liver failure, that's when you become jaundiced. Right. And that's what leads to the the yellowing and particularly those bright yellow eyes. you know and I mentioned that that there's this kind of internal breakdown that's sort of happening and it affects your large intestines in such a way that the the inside starts breaking down and you start bleeding internally. and as that that blood inside kind of ages, it mm. turns darker and darker. Um and then when you finally vomit it up,
2: oh my god, it's black. Oh, that's blood vomit. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, and so yeah, so that is, that is old blood that you're vomiting up. So South America, when they encountered yellow fever, named it vomito negro, the black vomit. Right. So they named it after the vomit. We named it after the eyes. Right. So that's how people are dying. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on in these homes. And this problem with people dying, you know, and and like I said, that wasn't an isolated incident with this pregnant woman and her family. People are dying in their homes, having not seen a doctor and with no one to know that they're there and dead. And so there are corpses rotting inside of houses. Right. When I mentioned that these people in their houses, when they looked out, they could see the poor people kind of scrambling around for a doctor. If they didn't find anybody, they just died right there in the road. It wasn't as though bodies were piled up in the streets, but there was a spattering um, by, by mid-September of dead bodies that were on the streets that nobody would come and pick up. And even inside the houses, you have dead bodies that people don't know are there. Right. And as these bodies start breaking down, Philadelphia starts smelling like a corpse. <laughs> and so now Matthew Clarkson has another problem. Okay. Okay. Fucking bodies are everywhere <laughs> and nobody will pick them up. Um, so he calls in the guardians of the poor. <sighs> that, that fucking name, guardians of the poor. It's one of those things where they name something, uh, it, something, you know, not long ago, they, they released this bill in Congress that had, it was called something like prevent child pornography act or something like that. But it was really just the way for Comcast to charge you more fucking money. You know, you just put, like, a, a nice wrapper on some shit like that. Right. And it's kind of the same way with the Guardians of the Poor. On the surface, it looks like these are people who take care of the poor. Up until 1793, though, I, I kind of feel like what they were really doing was keeping the poor people out of the sight of the rich people so <laughs> they didn't have to look at them. <laughs>
2: like hurting could... them over. You're like, you know, go this yeah, way. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, you had homeless people in the streets and things, and so... <laughs> And they actually, yeah. When you read some of the stuff back then, I'm pretty sure that that's it wasn't so much the the sympathy for these people as it was, you know, Market Street would look a lot better if there weren't homeless people laying on it. Yeah, that kind of shit. That that still goes on today. So Mayor Clarkson, with his proven track record of cleaning up streets, Mm -hmm. (laughs) has to do this again. We got to get the dead people out of the streets. And so he calls in the Guardians of the poor Mm -hmm. they're going to try to to find these sick people who aren't able to afford doctors and do something with them so they just stop dying in the road Mm -hmm. philadelphia has the first hospital in america um it's kind of the hub in terms of medicine for america at this point but they don't want the they they're not going to let the people with the yellow fever in there because they they believe it's transmitted person to person so you know if you put the sick people in there you're gonna have the whole hospital sick so you can't bring them here what they end up, where they end up putting the, I mean, this is, a, this is a city that's damn near half abandoned at this point. And why they made the decision of where they put these people, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't really get it. Where they put them was a place called Ricketts Circus, mm-hmm. which was a building that was made to look like a circus tent.
2: Yep. Yeah, it had the tent top, yes.
0: Yeah, it had a, a tent top, but it just wasn't made up of canvas. Right. Um, I think that was plaster. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so the Guardians are trying to get these people off the street before they die to put them in, into Ricketts Circus, literally a circus tent where they have do circus things right. most of the time when there's not... <laughs> A pandemic going on. Yeah,
2: but Ricketts, he had traveled up to New York for the summer to put on a show, to put on a circus.
0: Yeah, so that's why that was abandoned. He would have been gone anyway, though. Yeah. Yeah, by this point. Um, <laughs> so, they gather up these sick people and they put them into Ricketts. But it, a lot of the guardians of the poor have already left, though.
2: they get They gather them up, put them in the circus tent building, and leave them. They're completely unattended. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And... I mean, they're <laughs> one foot in the grave already, and they get that other foot in there, right, in the circus tent, at the Circus, and nobody. I mean, they're just dropping people off and leaving. I mean, and part of the, it, they don't have the manpower at this point to right. deal with a lot. So they they're maybe they're doing the best they can at this point. I, I don't know.
2: One, someone that they left there that was sick crawled out into the street and, and then died immediately. On, he crawled out to the street.
0: Yeah, and that, that's another thing. I this From the circus they took him to. <laughs> yes, because it was miserable. Yeah. In that fucking tent thing. Right. It was hot, for mm-hmm. one thing. And also, there's dead, rotting corpses in there. Yeah, I can't imagine that they're depositing people there for their benefit. It seems like they're depositing people there to keep them off of the street because the people that are in there are... Trying to get out, like Ashley just said, a guy crawled out because it was so fucking miserable in that place. Yeah. You know what would have been a better choice? What? Maybe one of the abandoned mansions. I can think of two of them right now. The one that George Washington ran out of and the one right next to it that right. the guy who loaned that one to Washington ran out of. Those have separate rooms. People could have had individual rooms and things, but no, let's throw them under this fucking tent. Right. America has a long history of uh, never missing an opportunity to fuck over black people. True. (laughs) So we don't have anybody to pick up these bodies. We don't have anybody to tend to these people. Correct. What are we going to do? Yes. Let's tell black people that they can't get
2: it. Some of them might not have been able to because they might have had yellow fever previously but everybody hasn't had yellow fever. Okay, that's, you know. (laughs) I go, come on. And the white doctors are refusing to touch the vomit. They're refusing to clean up the patients. Who's gonna gonna help them? Oh, that's right, black nurses. And then then we turn around and say the black nurses were charging too much uh, for their services. And they were the only ones that would help the sick people. They're asking too much. No, they're doing the work that you white people refuse to do.
0: And I, I know if, if anybody's listening to this that knows anything about this point in history, they probably are thinking right now that I am taking a situation that did not involve racism and applying racism to it. Because, you know, they, they told the black people that they couldn't get this. And... There is some logic behind that, which is that a lot of the black people came over from Africa where they were previously exposed to the, to the yellow fever, probably as children. Um, so they did have an immunity to it. Some. It's not unreasonable to think that, that a, a doctor would have noticed fewer cases in black people who were in the same area with white people. But, for one, I don't believe that they had never seen a black person get the yellow fever. And number two... Uh, which I forgot what it was, but I want to, the, <laughs> the book, okay, here, here's where I was going with that. There are really only two books. Uh, well, there's three, but one's historical fiction. So just fuck that. But there's, there's two books about this and the, the thing about these histories. So one of them, the, fuck, what am I trying to say?
2: You think that it was glossed over a
0: little? I do think it was glossed over a little, and but the thing about it is, is I think, that, so one of these books is called Bring Out Your Dead. It was written, I think, in the 30s, uh, so it has nothing to do with Monty Python, <laughs> nor does it have anything to do with the bubonic plague. So, I don't know why the fuck this guy named it Bring Out Your Dead, but it's excellent. I mean, it it, it's, it is probably everything you want from... A history book. I mean, a book about history. It's got all of the sources cited in the back, so if you see something and you're like, yeah, I don't know about this, you can actually just turn to the back and look it up yourself. And the author, J.H. Powell. (laughs) I cannot even imagine how long it took this person to put this book together because he wrote this before the computer age, so he sat somewhere going through newspapers, letters, all of these things. This book is fucking incredible. I love it. But anything that anyone has ever written, you have to take into account that you are a product of your own time, whether you want to be or not. In the 1930s, the idea of what constitutes racism and what does not is a lot different. And then you combine that with the fact that we always, everything is just always trying to paint the founding fathers in the best possible light. You know, and... and, you. They did a lot of great things. They did a lot of great, wonderful, interesting things. And they also did a lot of completely fucking horrible things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but people tend to gloss over those. And and that even holds true for history books, too. Because, I mean, you grow up with the history books, you have it in your head. George Washington's not a coward. Those guys aren't rapists. Everything you're going to read, for the most part, is going to say that there were reasons that they actually believed this, particularly Benjamin Rush. I just, I can't believe that they've never seen a black person with yellow fever. And also, I feel like maybe they should remember another time when white people have been able to pass disease to another race, you know? (laughs) I
2: mean... Oh, well, they eventually see it with the black community as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But even in the beginning, I just... Right. I just don't buy that they really thought that. Yeah, I hear you. So the enlist... The black people of Philadelphia to round up. Well, for one thing, to get the bodies. Right. So they're going around at the houses, you know, like they did back in the bubonic plague. Telling people to bring out the dead. And you bring it out, put it on the cart, and they take it away. Pick up whatever bodies are in the road. People who are sick, this Rickett Circus thing. I don't know why nobody can get anything fucking right the first time in Philadelphia then, but... (laughs) <laughs> yes, that was a horrible idea. I mean, not only for the people inside, but the people in the fucking neighborhood are hearing the desperate screams of people right. coming out of the circus tent, seeing people try to drag themselves out of that miserable fucking thing. So they want to get the sick people completely out of town. And they kind of look up because there's this mansion outside of town mm-hmm. called Bush Hill. Mm. Uh, The owner of Bush Hill is out of the country. The only person left to guard it is the poor caretaker. So here come a big group of black people carrying a bunch of sick white people. And the the caretaker's like, oh man, I'm going to be in so much fucking trouble. (laughs) He puts up a little bit of fight, but yeah, what's he going to do? Right. And so now we have an infirmary for the sick people of Philadelphia Mm -hmm. outside of town. So much is fucking happening. And we're still just in September. Yeah. (laughs) This has just gotten underway in Philadelphia. Still, I mean, like, it's just now starting to peak. Already, you've got dead people in the streets, pregnant women giving birth in front of their dead families and the child and the mother both dying. Uh, You've got the situation where you're telling the black people to get the sick white people out of town. You can't get it. Yeah, you can't get it, black people. And you've got all of these, (laughs) and you got- It's so ridiculous. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous and awful for the people who are stuck in the middle of this. Tragic. And in the middle of all of this- Something else happens. What's what's about to happen started 4.5 billion years ago. What? I know I went back to the Ice Age before. (laughs) Little ice Somewhere in the neighborhood of 4 billion years ago, maybe. A couple of asteroids collide, and a piece breaks off of one. Between Mars and Jupiter, this happens. And it somehow drifts away in such a direction that it gets caught in Earth's gravity. and orbits the Earth for a bit before, right here, at the peak of the yellow fever outbreak in Philadelphia right in the middle of all this shit. This is when it falls to earth mm-hmm. right onto Third Street. Philadelphia, what the fuck? I mean all this shit's already going on. And that's something that, you know, if 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 I'm picturing myself in that situation, I'm I am here when this is happening. And then a fucking meteorite just comes out of the sky and lands right in the middle of the fucking town. I I am not at all a religious person and I'm not saying that this would make me pray or go get the bible or anything but it would make me want to better understand the nature of god because there probably is one if something I mean there's no fucking way how the fuck can my shit get this fucking bad and then that happens right <laughs> end of times baby end of times That's what it had to have felt like. I mean, seriously. It feels like end of times right now for us. It does. Put yourself in that situation and let something that fucking weird happen. How would you feel then? That's going to do it for episode 29 of Where's the Line? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to it so you don't miss parts 3, 4, 5, and 6 of The Black... No, I'm going to... The next one's going to be the last one. It's okay. gonna be. It's only going to be a three-part.
2: It might be long, though. It might be longer than the first two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we
0: might have two I can 45... To... <laughs> parts 1 and 2 might be 45 minutes, and part 3 might be six
2: hours. right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're finishing it up in the next one. Come a hell or high water. Or meteorite. We've got one review to read to you. It is our last review. (laughs) I thought there were more. We glanced at them last time and I thought there were more. So the next episode, if nobody gives us a review, we won't have one to read on the next episode.
2: Hopefully we'll get some more now that we're putting out some new ones.
0: This review comes from Junior Vampire. Junior Vampire writes... My Kind of People Came for Charla Ash, Stayed for the lady Fused to her toilet <laughs> You guys are sick And also very funny My Kind of People Keep up the nasty work With love From Canada
2: Thank you, Junior For that
0: review uh, Moving on to voicemails Our first voicemail Comes from somebody We hadn't heard from In a little while This is Amber From Alabama Oh,
1: yes Hey, Kevin and Ashley It's Amber from Alabama I must apologize. Basically, I can't get my life together. So I haven't called in a long time. I also have a really bad habit of like finding podcasts and I have to binge them all the way to the end before I can start listening to new episodes. So I've been binging another podcast, but I just came back and I'm listening to the LSG episode right now. And I had to pull over in the middle of BS... Bf- I don't know where I am. I took a back road to work and got lost today. So, while I was driving and y'all were talking, I started thinking about, y'all need like a Hollywood name. You know, there was Jennifer and Brangelina. So I'm thinking, should it be Kevley or Ashton? I don't know. Y'all discuss it. Maybe you can do like a poll of your listeners. Y'all need a Hollywood name. Not that you're a couple, but you're a duo. Okay, So, also, then I was listening to this LSD episode, and you have really got me thinking about how serotonin works, because I'm on SSRIs, and I'm like, should I quit taking them and just do LSD, and and on the Patreon shit, I didn't like subscribe and unsubscribe, subscribe and unsubscribe, the shit that fucked me up was the damn app. Every time I'd go onto the app and sign in, it's like, you don't have it. You're not a patron or anything. Or patriot. Patreon of anything. And I'm like, yes, I am. And so I'd be like, well, here's my damn card number again. So just to be clear, at this point in time, I have um, like two or three debits every month. So technically, I'm a triple patron to your pod, which I'm completely fine with that. And... Um, Ashley, I know we've chatted and Kevin, I know this whole corona shit, which is bullshit. It's like, what, what's next? What is next? Is, is Donald Trump the fucking antichrist? Because this year has been crazy. But I miss you guys. And if I've added or deleted or not called or not texted or not messaged, it's because I'm in a relationship with a psycho. And it's all right. I'm a psycho too. We're just different psychos. But I love you guys. And listening to this today made me realize how much I miss you guys. And so, anyway, I am now going to get off the phone with you. Turn on my.
0: (laughs) No, Amber got cut off because there is a three minute limit. On the voicemail. There's a lot to unpack there, though, because is. <laughs> I was almost ready to get on to Amber. Because I was like, you haven't listened to our because you've been listening to a different show. And then she said that really nice thing. I know. I
2: know. I was going to call her a cheater, but then I was like, oh, she was oh, just so sweet. Oh, no. I love
0: Amber so much.
2: <laughs> so triple patron is a what? <laughs>
0: You know what? I I was making a conscious fucking effort to not mention Mike Boudet on this... Have I mentioned him yet? No, you haven't. God damn it. (sighs) (laughs) So I had this fucking just fit on the last episode about how... Mike Boudet cheated his fucking patrons because he moved everything off of Patreon onto his own thing, but that didn't cancel everybody's right. you know, Patreon subscriptions. And then the next fucking thing that happens is it turns out I'm pulling a fucking Boudet and charging Amber <laughs> three times a month.
2: <laughs> well, you didn't intentionally do it. I think there's a difference there.
0: And well yeah. she did set up
2: different accounts because the app is being a little bitch it sounds
0: like. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway yeah. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna straighten it out, Amber. It still looks like there's just one Amber there, but I'm gonna go back through I'm gonna figure this out and we're gonna give you back the money. You know what, just fuck it. Just give you back all the money that you have spent on the Patreon because this is yeah, you deserve a little extra for the for the trouble.
2: Oh, she's so sweet. Yeah,
0: she and is we'll take care of it.
2: And I also think I like Ashfin better than Kevly, if we go with some type of uh, duo name, but it it's okay. <laughs> Whatever works.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to put some thought into that if we're gonna handle those duo names. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Carl. <laughs>
2: Okay, sure. With the K, yeah. with the K.
0: Where does the Where does the aural come from? I don't know. What?
2: You said Carl
0: first. Well, no, I just said something that made no sense. Oh, and then you're like, I'm over with the K for Kevin, and then I'm thinking, well, what about the aural <laughs> <laughs> Where does that part? All right, we got another voicemail to listen to. Uh. This one is from Amber from Alabama. Oh,
1: snap. Okay, so I got called off earlier. This is Amber from Alabama. I'm not making part two and three, Kevin, only part two. So I was just saying, I think I was just saying that I'm psycho and my partner is psycho and it makes me even more psycho and so I do psycho things, but I'm working on that. And I love you guys and miss y'all and I'm so glad you're putting out new episodes and I'm about to go have a nice cold beer with my cubs so looking forward to the next episode after this lsd episode which i'm enjoying thoroughly love you miss you Kada.
0: <laughs> thanks for both of those voicemails amber i got on to amber on facebook because she was like i said some things and then it cut me off and i was like we'll call that
2: yeah, and I seconded that. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, yeah. I'm glad you called back, Amber. And uh, I'm sorry about the psycho stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've mi- I've missed hearing from Amber.
2: Same. I've,
0: yeah. I've, I've, I love how she said, "I'm gonna go have an ice cold beer with my curves."
2: No, she said, "cause." Oh did she? Yeah, the voicemail interpreter. I don't think she said curves. She said cuz.
0: Oh, I'm reading, the, <laughs> like I'm reading cousin? the the voicemail transcript while I'm listening to that. And the transcript says curves. But I kinda like that though. Like me and my tits gonna go have a beer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what I always think once I'm drinking at least.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not taking that thought any further. <laughs> Got one more voicemail to listen to. Uh, well, yeah, well, we've actually got several, so if you haven't heard yours yet, it's gonna come, but we, we got a lot of them over the, over the break. This one, according to our Google transcript, is from Lindsay, honey. Oh, nice.
1: Hi, Kevin and Ashley. This is Kay. Um, Lanzioni, I was just giving you a call, let you know I love your stories. I'm glad you're back so glad you're back. I have recommended you to so many people, and hopefully you guys will keep up the good work. I just love it. Um, Kevin, I like your eyebrows. They're fine, so don't worry about that. My favorite curse word for every day is bugger. Favorite curse word for special occasions is swap curse. Hope to hear from you soon. Love
0: you. Bye. Aww. All right. As it turns out, that voicemail was not from Lindsay, honey. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> the Google transcript told me that it was. That was from Katie Mangione. She's one of our new patrons. and so nice. yeah, We've been talking some recently.
2: Hey, Katie. Wait, what did you say about your eyebrows?
0: Oh, she said that she liked my eyebrows. No, but
2: what did you say about your eyebrows?
0: I. You should listen to the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I do listen to the show. Okay, Kevin, right. listen. What, that you just move them around a
0: lot? <laughs> They're very expressive.
2: Yeah, that's okay. And
0: uh, I, I get called out on it a lot. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, like, more than once I've just been talking to somebody about some mundane shit, and they go, your eyebrows are going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so They just bounce around. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Stop telling me to listen to the fucking podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well,
2: I have a terrible memory dude You don't understand <laughs> there's, a, there's a
0: lot of discussion about my eyebrows In some of those earlier episodes yeah, th-
2: You know it sounds It sounds familiar now that you mention it But anyway I don't mind your eyebrows either I'm with, I'm with Katie
0: you don't have to listen to the show if you don't want to.
2: I've listened to the fucking show, though,
0: is the um, problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it's not good. I don't blame you for not listening Shut to up.
2: It. I like it. I'm a fan.
0: <laughs> if you'd like to leave us a voicemail of your own, <laughs> you can give us a call at 386-227-7848. What does that spell?
2: Dumbass tit.
0: Dumbass tit. Yes. On your phone <laughs> dial? Uh, <laughs> just spell that out, and you can hear a spell special message from our very own Where Is The Line intro man made just for you. Again, that number is 386-227-7848. Is there anything else that we need to say?
2: Thanks for listening and thanks for sticking with us. We always appreciate your support.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you again soon.
2: Bye, guys. Deuces. I hate it. I hate it so
0: much. Oh, do you want to do it again?
2: No, it's fine. Bye. deuces (laughs) i'm like no i'm hot
1: (laughs) kids when you go to bed stay away from your closets and don't look under your bed